There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it is the start of a new week, and we certainly thank the Lord for each of you that listen to the podcast. We thank the Lord for His goodness to us. Lord willing, if you're listening to this on Monday, my wife and family and I have made it back safely into the great state of Pennsylvania. We are recording this in North Carolina. We have concluded most of the meeting. There's still prayer meeting tonight, which will be Saturday night, and then the services tomorrow, which will be Sunday. But by the time you listen to this, it'll be too late to pray for those services. But you can pray for the church. You can pray for my wife and I. My family would recover. And then we're going to be in vacation Bible school. The Manassas Community Baptist Church in Blaine, Pennsylvania will be there Sunday night through Wednesday night next week. Uh, not today, but the following. So we're going to start there. I guess that'll be on about the 24th of July. And uh, and so we're looking for what the Lord's going to do in Vacation Bible School. We certainly are thankful for each of the people that participate, each one that has come to these services, each one that will be in Bible School next week. The Lord has helped us this week, past, and we certainly are thankful, thankful for those that have acknowledged that seeing Jesus Christ, the most important thing to them, and seeing Jesus Christ was uh, more than they ever imagined it would be as he's freed them from the bondage of sin, given them peace, given them assurance of faith. How we rejoice in that. So things as preachers we long for, to see men made free by the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We're looking at this matter again of the Psalms, and I'm going to kind of give an overview. I'm really not going to get into another Psalm at this time, although I'm going to look briefly at a Psalm. I'm just not going to expound too much on it. But as we go through these Psalms, again, we're looking for not only Jesus Christ, because we are looking for Messiah, but in Psalm 70, the chief musician, the Psalm of David, to bring to remembrance, make haste, O God, to deliver me, make haste to help me, O Lord. Now, again, could this be David? Absolutely. Could this be Jesus Christ? I believe absolutely. And it's hard to discern that here, but we do see Jesus Christ. And so could this be you and I's plight? Absolutely. Why? Because we have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore have I spoken. In verse 2, he says, let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. And again, there's one of those key words when you see the soul mentioned. Could they be after David's soul? I'm not really sure how man can seek David's soul. His soul is in Christ. His soul is secured in God. You and I, soul is secured in God. And I understand what the terminology, I understand the premise behind that. But I believe he is speaking of someone else here. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Now, again, David's calamity, absolutely. Our calamity, absolutely. Jesus Christ's calamity, absolutely. It's an all-encompassing psalm. And so I don't use this necessarily as prophecy. And I will say it's a messianic psalm, but I don't use this to necessarily prophesy of Jesus Christ because we see this so often in the psalms. And we just become deadened to the fact that this is David speaking when either Saul or Absalom is, uh, you know, has, has sent him out of Jerusalem and he is fleeing, he is hiding, he is running. 
And so often we've been programmed to see that, but yet David is a great prophet of God. Asaph is a great prophet of God. They are speaking of things which so often, which are to come. Prophecy is more than the book of Revelation. I heard a man today on the radio, went up to fuel up the vehicle and get the vehicle cleaned up a little bit at the sheet store. And a man on the radio today was speaking of prophecy, and all he spoke of was Israel and prophecy, Israel and prophecy, and how men need to focus on Israel and prophecy. And it's so much more. Israel is in prophecy. And I don't want to negate the fact that Israel is in prophecy. I don't want to negate the fact that the end times of the book of Revelation are absolutely a prophecy which is yet to be fulfilled. And every jot and every tittle that's been written down will be fulfilled in the book of Revelation. Everything concerning the nation of Israel will be confirmed by Jesus Christ. I believe that. I don't want to negate that. But it's so much more when we speak of prophecy. See, prophecy was for Jesus Christ, his birth. Prophecy was for Jesus Christ, his death. Prophecy was for Jesus Christ, his resurrection. Prophecy was for the return of Jesus Christ to this earth and to establish his kingdom. That's where we see the book of Revelation come into play, the war that goes beyond that, the war of the heavens, uh, the Catholic Church, all of these things play into prophecy. Yet in the midst of all that, there was prophecy concerning the nation of Israel going into captivity. Did God fulfill that? Yes, he did. There was prophecy concerning the darkness between Malachi and Matthew. Was that fulfilled? Absolutely, yes, it was. Why? Because prophecy is more than just end times. And I know men speak that say, well, I have an end times prophecy conference. Well, why don't we have a prophecy conference about Jesus Christ, where we see Christ according to the scriptures? And a man this week made mention of the fact that we had preached, and I had mentioned on the podcast the other day that I was going to preach on the Psalms of Asaph, and the preach on the prophecy in the Psalms of Asaph, and a man that simply made the statement that, that night he saw Jesus Christ in those Psalms. And it's a man that has told us that he's not converted, he does not have faith, yet in that prophecy he saw Jesus Christ. And I don't know when this took place or what took place before, what took place after, but I just know by the end of the week the man said that he knew Jesus Christ by faith. He believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And so we give God the glory. And I believe we need to get men to, and not listen, I don't want to get on my stump speech because I'm preaching Messianic Psalms. Everybody has to do like I do. No, but it's seeing the scriptures according to what God wants us to see the scriptures according to. And so I'm not afraid to see Christ in verse 2. I'm not afraid to see him in verse 3. Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame. They say, aha, aha. Was Judas turned back? Absolutely. What was the reward for his shame? The Bible said his reward for iniquities, he fell headlong, and, and his bowels gushed out. Why? He went out and he hanged himself. That was the price of blood. That was the reward of iniquity. And so, again, we see that in Scripture. In verse 4, in, in Psalm 70, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee, and let such as I love thy salvation say continually, let God be magnified. But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer, O God. Make no tarrying. By the way, the word of God told us that he will not tarry. God will do as he sees fit. God will perform his will. He is not a God that tarries. But yet we ask him to tarry. We ask him to tarry in our services. We ask him to have his divine presence in our service. And, you know, one of the issues that really has come to the forefront of our ministry today in many churches that we minister in is the issue of what church is. 
what is church? And by the way, most people to church is just a formality. Church is just something that they do. Church is something they perform. They do not see that the assembly of the body, the assembly of the believer is so much more than an hour and three minutes or an hour and 10 minutes of just getting together and enjoying each other's company and then going out to the steakhouse for lunch and then maybe coming back Sunday night if you're in a little bit better church. And and then, uh, you know, you go home, you don't see church again, maybe Wednesday night for people that are truly sanctified under Christ or those are seeking Christ. Uh, but yet it's just the formality of it. And they don't realize that it's so much more than that. It's that divine presence of God. It's that searching for the divine presence of God, that move of God, that holiness, that godliness in the service pastor said this week, he made the statement, he said, this presence of God we've sensed tonight, he said the old timers probably would have laughed at us for calling it the presence of God. And he said, you know, in those days, men expected that presence. They expected the holiness. They expected godliness. They expected sinners to be converted. They expected people to live right. That expectation is far gone today. Men have so changed the boundaries of what holiness is and what godliness is, that expectation is gone today. The epistle of Paul, the apostle to Hebrews, he writes in verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And so he tells us of Jesus Christ, but he makes that great statement. He said, at sundry times, and that's, by the way, that's just different times. A sundry shop sells a variety of things. God spoke at so many different times. God spoke to Adam in the garden. God appeared in that, in, uh, to Abraham in the darkness. God appeared to Jacob. He saw that ladder descending from heaven, angels ascending and descending. He appeared to Isaac. He appeared to Abraham on the mountain when he's about to offer Isaac. And I could go on and on just in the life of those men. But we see him appear to Noah. We've seen him appear to Enoch. We've seen him appear to Moses, and he spake to Moses. And he spake, he said in this, in divers manners. How did he speak? Well, Jonah was in the whale's belly, and God spoke to him. The fish had to vomit him up, and then God spake to him. That's kind of an unusual way. It's kind of a, a diver manner. It's kind of a sundry time. We look at Moses, and God spake to him out of the burning bush. That's diver's manners. The mountain quaked when God spake upon Sinai. Diver's manners. Now, what God has done is God spoke through the prophets. Different men, holy men of God, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, one of those things that I know people struggle with, but God spake through Balaam. God opened Balaam's lips to speak on his behalf. Why? Because he can do as he sees fit. And God spake through Balaam. And God spake through Saul. Saul prophesied at one point in his life. And God would speak in these manners and in these times but he told us on this wise, after these last space spoken to us by his son. His son is the word of God. God gave us every word that we need to live this life. He gave it bound in 66 volumes in the English language, in the King James Bible, 66 independent books, independent volumes, written by different authors and different men in different times, Yet they've been accumulated. They've been kept together. God has ordained it to be so. And at the word of a king, the word of God came to us in 1611 and was handed to the king in a handwritten manuscript called the King James Bible. And God has kept it for us since those days. And my friend, God is using it in these days. God is speaking to us by his son, Jesus Christ. He does not speak in prophecies today outside of the word of God. And I know people hung up on that. There are people's lives being destroyed because of that. They're looking for new prophecy. 
They're looking for private interpretation. They're looking for a new word from God. But my friend, when you've exhausted this book, I believe your life's going to be over. You're going to be earthly good. God's going to take you home. You don't need new prophecy. You need to believe the prophecy God has given you. You need to believe the word of God that God has provided you. You need to believe the sayings of God, the words of God bound in this volume called the word of God. And God speaks to us by his son. He says, spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. This is the creator, Jesus Christ. By him all things were made. Without him was not anything made that was made. And so we see that according to the word of God. If we would just believe God. So as we look at these Psalms, and we continue this week in Messianic Psalms, we're looking for Jesus Christ. We're looking for that power of God. We're looking for that unction of God. We're looking for a manifestation of the divine presence of God and how we thank him and how we praise him. I hope you have a great week. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow continuing the Messianic Psalms. Pray for us. Pray for the meetings coming up. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing